Firing range. Things went pretty well. No no injuries that I can think of. Nope, 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 nope. I mean, that broom was definitely fighting us, was trying to get the better of us, but I think all range brooms suck. I think I think that's just an inherent part of them. It doesn't have, like, a very hard job. It just needs to be... It needs to be able to sweep up, instead of tiny boats of dust, uh, large pieces of metal. Mm-hmm. And it, it was failing at that. And... I, I proposed a bet to see if one of us shot significantly better than the other. We would, like, make fun of ourselves here on the podcast. Yes, you then abandoned that bet after it became quickly apparent that, you know, well, at least Ellen was the worst of us. But yeah, Ellen was the worst of us, largely because you apparently, like, laid the gun there and said, figure it out, and didn't teach her how to use the sights or safety or anything. Okay, in my defense, like, I... It didn't even occur to me... That she didn't know how to use gun sights. It's just, it's, it's just lighting them up. It's literally like you got three dots. Just put them in a line, and you're good. There are a lot of little knobbly bits on the gun. She, she may not instinctively realize that these three are the important ones. Also, uh, you say, uh, well, like the thing is, I feel like you did a little better on the revolver, but I think I did a little bit better on the twenty-two target pistol. So I think we did about the same, and I conversed with Ellen off the side, and she said that, and, well, we concluded really that since you go a lot and practice a lot, and the fact that I haven't literally shot a gun in, I think, eight, nine years, uh, I really won anyways. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Like, I, I won on the scoreboard, but I didn't beat the spread. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll accept that. Welcome to Brokusatsu, two brothers' exploration of tokusatsu shows and related media. I'm Harry. And I'm Sam. And I'm sorry to myself tomorrow for what I did tonight, because on the way home from the rage, there was a delicious-looking taco truck, and man, am I going to regret that within the next 12 hours, but right now, it feels real good. Yeah, yeah you, you've been going on all kinds of diets, which, you know, let's be fair, they seem to have been have been working for you uh but like that does mean that like you can't deal with sudden influxes of the food that we all crave but shouldn't take i mean like i guess in my defense technically everything on the plate is an allowable thing on the fodmap diet i am eating right now like there was rice on the plate i could have rice there's chicken on the plate i could have chickens but but somehow like it coming from a taco truck, I think, negates any positive dietary, like, uh, any positive dietary input that that meal is going to have is just completely obliviated by the fact that it was, you know, from a greasy, greasy, delicious, delicious taco truck. You spoiled your damn innards, Sam, and you suffer for it. Me, I, I treat my guts like shit. Like, yesterday, I, I just had a frozen pizza that I baked and ate the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I'm fine. I'm fine today. 
that that's great. That's great. Wish my guts could still do that, Harry. They cannot. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of people wishing that they could do different things, let's move into our episodes of uh, uh, Ghostbusters. Uh, sorry, I, I was trying to think of like the full name, but it's like uh, Super Sentai uh, Ghostbusters. T- Tokume or... Sentai. Tokume Sentai. Okay. Is Tokume Super? No, uh, it's like a secret or something. It's like they're, they're like spec ops. Ah, okay, okay. Good to know uh, for the next five minutes until my brain just completely just wipes that knowledge away from me. Uh, but yeah, we are covering episodes 19 and 20 today. And uh, spoiler alert, we have one good episode this week. See, the, we might be... We have... Okay, uh, that's that's a little uncharitable. We have one good episode and one okay episode. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not... It's not bad, but it's... It's just kind of an episode. Like, we've had some really hard-hitting ones and also ones important to the arc. This one, it's like with some stuff that was going to come up. Yeah. Also becomes kind of hilarious in light of the next episode, but we'll get there when we get there. At at the beginning of the episode... All the buddy roids. (laughs) Yeah, the buddy roids are in a tense confrontation on the roof, like with tumbleweeds rolling around. But then it's quickly revealed that uh, Jay is just there demanding Inatron. Yeah, like it's just the buddy roids all up on the uh, all up on the roof, and I I kind of dug that. Like it's it's these side characters, and they're just shooting the shit. <laughs> like we we see a lot of pairs uh, in this show, and like you know when you have a when you have the style of show, when you have like a sitcom style show, the writers they they like to pair off different groups of people. I think this is the first time where it's been all the buddy roids and just the buddy roids in a room together just talking. <laughs> Yeah, like, they are very strongly tied, each one to a different uh, member of the team, but they have their own internal lives here. Uh, and, like, they're kind of grilling Jay, the new guy, because, you know, they're asking, like, hey, do you even know our names and know what we do? Yes, and um, and Silverbot, he's like, yes. He points at the buddy, you are a master of calculations. He points at the gorilla, you are a master of mechanics. He points at the bike, you're a bike. Sam, you realize that like, the super self-centered, like, himbo dude, he's proving that he knows the characters' names, and you, as you're explaining this, are failing the same thing. Yep, 100%. He listed their names. I did not. Yeah. Gorisaki Banana is uh, the blue one. He's a mechanic. Uh, Usada Lettuce. I forgot his last name was Lettuce. <laughs> How was his last name Lettuce? Like, was he designed by a person whose last name was Lettuce? Like, you don't get a different last name. Like, you get the last name of your creator. That's why Frankenstein's monster was Frankenstein. No, the, like the bunny rides, they're just named random stuff. Like it, it's like it's like naming your pet cat Potato. That doesn't mean that you know your father was Mister Potato. Yes, but but it does mean Harry that my cat would be Potato. That that's not true because you gave Inky a full name like In- Inquisitor Maximilian Fuzzy Bottoms. It's not Inquisitor Maximilian Fuzzy Bottom. Okay, you did get me there. And anyway. Uh, Cheetah Nick, yeah, he's just a bike. Uh, which makes red, uh, which makes the bike very, very self-conscious. He, he even kicks up the random tumbleweeds on the roof as he runs away. And then he starts exercising like a madman after the meeting, which raises a ton of questions. Like, he, he's a robot, right? Like, exercise wouldn't help him. If anything, it would be counterproductive to him, because it would be wearing away at the various, like, joints and gears inside of him. I mean, I don't know, it... It could be like him 
practicing his motions and like he's not building up muscles, but he is like uh, training his reflexes. But like I didn't even consider that in this episode because I was too struck by the fact that we are we are watching an actual human being being wearing a like laminated heavy plastic suit do exercises. Like he he has his feet up on a chair and he's doing like the hard push-ups. He's doing calisthenics like jumping jacks. He's He's doing a jump rope thing, like the hard jump rope thing. Could either of us do that not wearing a Sentai suit? <laughs> yes. Are the clips, like, fast? Do they cut around a lot? Absolutely. Is it still a fucking impressive physical feat? Absolutely. Well, yeah, because if we did it for even 20 seconds more, he would fall down and die. <laughs> like, he just, they get a five-second clip, and then they immediately just rip off an arm and stick an IV in. You're gonna live, man, you're gonna live. It's like that that lady in, in Goldfinger when they they thought that uh, the gold paint would actually kill her. Uh, doctors thought it would, but no, it, it doesn't. But anyway, immediately after the scene, they throw her into her hot tub and be like, "Okay, yeah, get it off and let your skin breathe. Don't die." <laughs> uh, I love that they thought it was going to kill her, and yet they did it anyway because it was the seventies. <laughs> yeah, like they don't care that much about women. The, the difference between Bond supervillains and the producers of Bond films was that they let her have a tiny spot on her back that would, in theory, let her breathe just enough to survive. <laughs> good times. Uh, good times. Uh, people are noticing that uh, the bike is starting to lose his mind. And so the other bots are talking about it, the Rangers are talking about it. Yellow Ranger asks, like, if he's on a diet, which, again, he's a machine. <laughs> that doesn't really make sense. And then the, the buddy points out that, you know, we only eat Energon, which doesn't have many calories in it. Which, Harry, that's a goddamn lie. Yeah, a gallon of gasoline has uh, 31,000 calories. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the stuff like fuel is, cal- that's what calories is. Calorie is a measurement of how much energy is released from an object. So Energon would have a huge amount of calories, like... A kilogram of uranium has, what, like a million calories in it? Because that's the energy it's releasing. That's the whole point of calories. It, it's silly on a lot of levels. <laughs> this is a silly episode. It's not a bad episode. It is kind of a silly, just like, throwaway episode. So there's some moments where, uh, like, uh, Hiromu pops in and they're like, Hey, your Benny Royd is working out. He's like, okay, let him work out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, we do a quick cut to enter. So he's back. He took off the last episode. He did his breathing exercises. Now he's back in his form and he's feeling a little vengeful. And so he just wants to kill the friends of the Rangers. He wants to kill the buddy roids. Yeah. Like he's like, Hey, if I take these guys out, then there's no more go buster. O, and I can deal with them as I want. Which I think we pointed out a few episodes ago when he had, uh, successfully kidnapped the buddy robot. Like, you know, why why doesn't he just, like, kill him? Yeah, well, he, he just wanted the Inertron, but now his goals are shifting slightly because he's getting more frustrated. Yes, now he is here for the pain, which will go into more effect next episode. So, back back at base, uh, Gorosaki and Nick, they, they have a heart-to-heart where Nick says, Yeah, I'm, I'm really sad that uh, there is another buddy right who is combat-capable and could go out there and be super effective. Like, I, I want that, man, and... Uh, Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'm, I just get seen as a bike guy, and I, I don't really have a specialty of my own. I I gotta figure out what what uh, what my thing is. Yes, the gorilla encourages him to find his passion, and so we get a 
very weird, very weird montage of the bike practicing being a high-level chef. Doing the doing the Iron Chef pose with a pepper. Being a painter, and a pretty good one at that. Like, full-on with a mustache. Being a beautician, where he dresses up like a beautiful woman in a flowing gown and a blonde wig as a giant red motorcycle robot. Yeah, I, I guess the joke is that it's the cross-dressing thing. Like, I, it's, it's one of those things where, like, if they put the right spin on it, it could be, like, good and fun, but I don't think it's in the right spirit. I mean, it's... I think I think this one gets a pass because he's not a man, it's not really cross-dressing, he's a robot, and so it's just kind of absurdist on that level. Yeah. Gender doesn't come into it that much, it's just silly because he's a robot. Uh, so, he, he just decides to put on a karate gi and go practice at a park, where a bunch of kids look at him and like, hey, let, let's do karate with this robot, man. Yep, 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 yep. And as he, like, as he sees this uh, young child, like, practicing karate next to him, he flashes back to training a young Red, who is looking much the same as this young child in an adorable, you know, children's uh, agi and just practicing his moves. Ye oldie Red, like, kicks the robot, falls down, and then the robot just, like, kneels down, kind of picks him back up. Hey, you gotta get back up. You gotta give it your all. Yeah, put everything into this fight. Mm-hmm. Enter, off to the side, he, he finds a dude in a garage who seems pretty chill with this guy turning his wrench into a robot. Well, like, the camera cuts away. We always got to assume that Enter just, like, kills everyone uh, after he does a transformation like that. Yeah, the, the music stings cover up the sound of crunching bone in spines. Yep, yep, yep. R.I.P. mechanic. The I, I didn't really like the design of the robot this week. It was, you know, in the spirit of the episode, a bit more comical than they usually go with. It's just like, it's kind of a giant wrench. He has, like, a wrench head. He has, like, two giant wrench weapon thingies. Doesn't particularly look threatening. Uh, but uh, as Nick realizes that the Metroid is somewhere really near him, uh, back at base, they find out that the Megazord is going to show up in four hours and 20 minutes. And I immediately shouted nice to myself. And I, I spent... More time than I want to admit to, trying to scroll back and forth to see if there was also a moment where it was at 6.9 seconds. <laughs> uh, good times. And unfortunately, it seems like it's, uh, the way the countdown timer works, it's, uh, the, uh, past the seconds, the interval always scrolls down from 24. So I think it's actually counting frames? I guess that would make sense since it's probably a camera effect. Yeah, it's 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 linked into the way the the screens are are showing, so it's 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 not actually a scientific thing. Uh-huh. Yellow also points out like four hours twenty minutes. That's enough time to make an amazing casserole. Yeah, I love that. That's her uh, point of comparison. Mm-hmm. Yoko's really growing on me this watch. So uh, the wrench, like they find the bike isolated in the park, and so the wrench bot goes after him. I uh, starts firing some beams, which, you know, the bike dodges, but is hitting uh, some other objects in the park, like a playground, uh, a, you know, a, a, an actual bike, a physical bike. And anything that is hit by the beam immediately just dissembles, falls into all its component parts. It's custom designed to take him apart, and Nick is very scared. But Jay is here. Uh, he asks for Enatron. Like, just demands it. Yeah. Holds out his hand. Uh, and then starts fighting the Metroid. It's a very quick fight, and the wrench runs away. 
he only barely has time to compliment Silver and say he's much better than the red guy. And in the background, Red Cap snaps a branch in frustration. <laughs> well, also good body language for a guy that has literally no expressions. So back at the base, uh, the bike is... Uh, the gorilla, I believe, explains that, you know, uh, the bike is feeling a little uh, put upon. He doesn't really have a niche in the team. And so the Red Ranger is incredibly mean to him and says that there's no point in working together if he doubts himself that much. Doubt is for the weak. You're not allowed to doubt. This will not become relevant in one episode. <laughs> uh, and the bike slow walks away. The sad Hulk music playing. Yep, they they split up to look for the Metroid with the blue checking with red. Like, hey, that, is everything okay? You seem really shaken up. And uh, Hiromu, you know, trusts him. Says, no, nah, he's fine. So it turns out that, like, Enter intentionally left a super long clock on this large mech because he figured, you know, uh, after a quick engage, the wrench could run away and hide, which would cause the rangers to do a search pattern for it, separating themselves and isolating uh, one of the buddy roids. Yeah, I mean, if he set it to a quick timer, then they would go get the Megazords ready, and that would mean the Bedroids were out of out of uh, out of reach. But before, they've done lots of work in escorting civilians and stuff like that, so he need he he's less care he doesn't care about the big robot in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Enter Enter learns every engagement Enter takes something away from it. Uh, and he's got Nick and the monster. Like gets him in a hole and starts zapping him with the beams. It it doesn't instantly destroy him because I guess he's a he's an Enertron powered machine, so there's some resistance. But it's hurting him. It's uh, knocking chunks off. Yeah, back at the base, like uh, the people at the monitors, they instantly detect. Oh crap! Nick is like losing power rapidly, and they're able to isolate him or uh, uh, lo- locate him. Harumu dashes over. Uh, enter. Like jumps in says, like, you are not interfering this time, and he fights the Go-Busters. He rarely does this, but he wants the robot to focus on killing the the bike. Yeah, and it and this part is working. Like, you know, chunks are falling off of the bike. Like, he loses a shoulder pad, he loses a spare wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, Nick is, Nick is fading. He's fading real fast. He starts to say goodbye to Red. And then Red does a super speed uh, kick and kicks the bike straight out of the garage instead of kicking the wrench. Yep, shoot the hostage. They they have a touching moment where he gives him a kind of Enertron to try to bring him back up. And they they talk it out. And Jin walks up to the screen with Jay says, I, I'm honest with you, I love this kind of stuff. Like I love you being friends with the robot. Red is kneeling next to his motorcycle saying, like, you told me. To believe in myself, and so I'm telling you to believe in yourself. Like, that lesson still applies. Believe in the me that believes in you. And then they go back to, uh, baddie kicking. Like, that's... It's not... It's not a long fight. Like, this is not an episode for fighting. This is an episode for some buddy-roid vamping. Yeah, I mean, they... Uh, it's one of those extended fight scenes where they play the theme song over it. Then they... The Megazord shows up. It's a Gamma that also has a Delta in it. Yes. Oh, I will uh, just do a quick uh, back to the small fight. I wanted to point out, so the finisher that they use on the Regbot on the small ground, or on the ground this week, is red and gold on perfectly opposite sides of the baddie, shooting directly at it, which is horribly, horribly risky. <laughs> yeah, that, that could go bad in many different ways. 
like so unnecessarily so. I mean, gold is kind of immortal, so maybe he forgets and maybe he assumes that red can dash out of the way. But it, it's still you could just at a bit of an angle. Yeah, don't 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 do that. Like, just you know, to our listeners, if you're executing someone with a partner, be at an oblique angle to the target. Yeah. Like, that's our lesson to you, the listening audience. So, back back in the Megazord fight, uh, Hiromu d- decides to tell Jin to use his Megazord to try to deal with the Gamma, because they need to figure out a way to deal with the Deltas on their own. And so, uh, Silver and Gold, like, as they're fighting the Delta, they mold, uh, they, they merge, so we... F- have a new giant mech this episode uh, a combination of silver and gold and it's a good looking one like i i really like the look of this giant mech yep yeah, i mean they're they're designed very closely together and uh silver basically just breaks apart and becomes a couple big guns in a chest cannon thing for the gold mech uh as to the big mech combination like they actually tango with this guy a bit it's not as dynamic as the fight when they're just a bunch of little mechs but they're using moves like they're you know uh, they're using tactics. They don't just straight go for Dimension Crush because they have discovered that Dimension Crush is useless against these people. Yeah. So uh, they just use the power of CGI and put everything into one big kick and jump in the air and ride or kick it. Heck yeah. And it works. <sighs> and as the episode ends, Hiromu says, you know, you're actually really useful, Nick, because it really sucks having to ride around on my own and need a bike. Womp womp. So yeah, just a... Uh... It was a fine filler episode, is what this was. Like, not, not definitely not the worst, definitely not the best. Square, just straight down the middle. I, I don't even, I mean, I, I get what you're saying for filler, but I think the the series that I think really handled this really well was Standalone Complex, because, like, in the first season, they would mark episodes as, like, standalone episodes or complex episodes for, like, there's the ones that are advancing the arc, and the ones that are just their own types of stories. Is that Ghost and... in the Shell, or is that a Sentai? No, that's Ghost in the Shell. Okay. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, remember? Sorry, just, you you said standalone... I, I thought that's what you were talking about. Like, I was able to pull Ghost in the Shell out of, like, the recesses of my brain. Uh, but I, I guess I wasn't sure if there was, like, a Toku series called Standalone Complex. No, yeah, yeah, Ghost in the Shell, Ghost in the Shell. So, yeah, standalone episode, and, uh... Fine. A fine one. They've, yeah, they've but, had worse in this series. But this next one is a complex one. Yeah, this is a this is a good one, this next one. Like and and this this is another episode that you know, going back to your point from a few episodes ago, angers me that they made that one the two parter instead of this one. Mm-hmm. This one should have been a two parter. It had so much more <laughs> to get into. So as the episode starts, Hiromu is sitting in, in the dark in the middle of the night, slowly listening to the music box that was brought back from the other dimension. Not at all ominous, not at all creepy. Yep. Yoko pops out and says, oh, I, I couldn't sleep, so I just got up. Uh, what are you doing, Hiromu? Mm-hmm. And Hiromu hides it behind his back and says, nothing, fine, I, I don't have emotional problems. Uh, by the way, yellow is in uh, adorable PJs, like, you know, three-year-old PJs. I couldn't tell if uh, it was like PJs with footies on the bottom, but I imagine it was. Uh, I'm zooming in. No, it looks like it's 
some types of uh, shoes or slippers. Uh, for the record, Harry, like you just went back into a TV show to zoom in on a woman's feet. Uh, we are to to check out her shoes, not not like her bare feet. Okay, 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 okay. Just 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 floating that, just pointing out that that is something that happens. We've already done plenty of creepy stuff with this, <laughs> this podcast. I I don't have a feet thing, but like I I would own up for it if I did. Uh, so let's cut to enter. Uh, who is in black and white, and he's in a theater. So, hey, cinema-themed episode. Hmm. Uh, uh, movies. Simple entertainment. A source of amusement, if you will. Also, these humans can forget the worthlessness of their lives, if only for a second. <laughs> Très bien. Mm-hmm. And he goes up and he turns a projector. And I have a note here, Harry. I hope that this is a fucked up baddie. And it actually really is. Yeah. It, it starts off seeming kind of childish and playful, like it's jumping around and like it's got a very bright and happy voice. Mm-hmm. Gets dark fast. Uh, also, I really liked the design of this spot this week. Like he's he's bronze and chrome and there's like there's a camera in the center of his chest, which also kind of just honestly looks like a cannon. It could just be like an energy cannon. And the head is a very interesting silhouette. It's got like racing fins and just big blue eyes. I I really liked the design this week. It's a little Harlequiny. Harlequiny. They they find the reaction and say, "Oh, uh, beta type Megazord's coming." Uh, so and it's coming super fast. Uh, the they fight the the they find the Metaroid just standing in the middle of the street and says, "Oh, time for the the beginning of the show," and he uses his chest thing to summon copies of the GoBusters. Like, at first, like, these copies are perfect mirror images. Like, the Rangers seem just matched for matched, move for move. They use their same styles. They have their own same, like, sub-powers. Red is able to, like, use super speed. Blue has, like, super strength. Yellow is super jumpy. Yeah, it's... I I guess I'm just a little... I'm a little confused, and I guess I kind of have a complaint as to the nature of the powers of this guy. Like, I'm not talking about, like, a sides thing, but it's like... They kind of need to establish the stakes of what this guy can do. He's kind of doing one thing with this, like he's doing copies. Whereas when when we see him do the next attack, it's like reading the hearts of people. And like, it's not really explained or showed that he could do that. Well, I've, I figured, and we'll get into it in a second, but uh, I figured that that was more like Enter telling him what to do. And just him like uh, projecting perfect replicas. Well, yeah, but it's, you know, if it was a thing like... We even saw Enter, like, plug a thing into him and, like, I have some new data to try. Well, we do see Enter and him, like, uh, meet up at a roof and Enter being like, hey, have you considered doing this? And then just, like, leaning in and whispering. It just it just seems like a, a bit of a pull for him to be able to do these two distinct and both very powerful things. Uh, they are distinct. They are very powerful. But this guy, he, he's not a fighter. Like, uh, the Rangers, they are able to... Uh, finish off their duplicates, they, like, toss them at the camera, and um, they're about to go in to actually attack the camera, but the camera nopes away because he's like, nope, nope, not a fighter. I'm not a fighter. I summon... Uh, I'm a pet class. I summon people to fight for me. Yep. And besides, the Megazord just shows up, so they have to turn a deal with that. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it arrives, it does something new. It uses its uh, face camera to summon a hyperspace field. It's It creates a bubble of hyperspace inside their city, like trapping several blocks uh, in, you know, in all directions of a downtown. So like 
hundreds, thousands of people in there. And when it does it, they immediately start dying. Jin walks up to the uh, Go Busters and says, yeah, this is a problem because that place is hyperspace now. It's not really the full thing, but it, it created like a copy. And for all intents and purposes, the rules are there are the same, which means that the air is heavy and thick like jello. You can't breathe. You can't move. Your machines will tear themselves apart. And we see people like struggling and like collapsing to the ground. The show does not dwell on this, for it is a children's show, but a lot of people die in here. Yeah, they, they have plans to deal with this, but the modifications they have to do to the uh, Megazord, it's later described as, this was a tough overnight job. Yeah, like, there are people who can't breathe for hours <laughs> inside this. I like, sure, they can breathe a little bit, but a, a, lot, a lot of people died. Yeah, the strain would be causing strokes and heart attacks. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, anyone who was in any kind of... People on stairs. You know, what if someone was, like, on stairs when this hit? People were were driving cars. Was there a train going through? Any kind of machinery, any kind of equipment. Like, lots, a lot of people were killed right here. Yeah. And we cut to enter, dancing on a rooftop, saying, Can you feel it, my liege? The suffering of the humans as you've always wished. Mm -hmm. Like... So he hasn't been able to kill the GoBusters or do his super plan. So instead, he's just showing off to his boss and saying like, hey, I can hurt humans real goddamn good. Yeah. And Messiah, I think this is the first time that we see Messiah (coughs) genuinely kind of happy. (laughs) Yeah. This is the world I shall one day rule. It's beautiful. Like, Enter has, for a long, long time, been the MVP of this organization, and Messiah is finally seeing it. Like, Messiah is finally, finally giving him credit and giving him the props that he deserves. Uh, back at base, Jin is again going over, like, yeah, you know, uh, there's there's problems, the bubble. As long as the Megazords are there, we can't destroy it, they'll just make it again. And we can't really use Gobuster O. And he's, he's vapping for a while before they tell him, cut it out, you obviously have a secret plan. And he does. He has a new design. Uh, it will involve combining all five mechs together into a super mech. Uh, and, you know, so he gives them the plans and they take a look. They say, well, this is crazy, but we're going to do it because we don't got a choice. And Gold is in charge of putting it together. Specifically, he mentions it's going to be a big strain on Red as the operator. This is one of the reasons he was training him to be so much stronger, because it's going to suck the life out of him like a battery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, they, they need to do this in base. This, this is actually something to stick with for future episodes. Uh, this combination in particular can't be done in the field. Whenever they need to use it, for whatever reason, they need to go back to base and put all the machines together. So it's like a new complication. No, I, I really like that. Like, that's that's good narrative. Like, great. They can't just do it on the fly in the field like the rest of the combinations. Jin, he goes up to the engineers, he, he like, save saluting for later, we got stuff to do right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Go-Busters, they go to the commander and say, what should we do? It says, no, you rest right now. Like, we, we gotta play for time. Like, they, they know that there's a huge fight ahead of them, specifically one where Red is going to be taxed physically and mentally. And so just, just take the downtime, go to sleep, get as much as you can, we're fighting as soon as you wake up. So they're just hanging out, they're going to the roof, kind of looking at the hyperspace bubble. Yellow finds red and says, like, hey, are you, I'm a little scared. Like, we train a lot for this stuff, but this is something totally new and we don't know what's going to be like. 
Are you sure you're okay? I don't know. You, you say you're fine, but I, I... And I'm not the most emotionally intelligent person due to my like, stunted training as a child soldier. But I feel like there's something super wrong with your situation. I don't know how to handle it. She's 16. For a 16-year-old, she's getting straight A's. Like, if we're grading on the 16-year-old curve. Yeah. Red, of course, says that he's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Why wouldn't I be fine? Totally fine. Just also, as he looks at the bubble, this is not made explicit, but he looks at the bubble and sees images of his parents sending them back. And he's clearly thinking, this is what our parents are going through right now, because they're in hyperspace. <laughs> Hopefully it's what their parents are going through right now. <laughs> the other option is it's what they went through briefly. They found the Metroid, so they set, so they uh, sent the Ghostbusters out to deal with it as they finished tuning up the machines. It is in the quarry of fighting. And he has a new plan that Enter gave to him. Where they're attacking, like, their emotions instead of their physiques. And so the camera just sends out this pulse, and uh, before the Ragers appear their deepest heart's desires. So for Yellow, we have the buddy robot with uh, some, was it, Hawaiian, like, a... Uh, Hawaiian flower lanyards around its ears. Yeah, like a, a lay and some ribbons. Saying, hey, you don't have to study anymore. Let's just party. Uh, for Blue, it is uh, the gold engineer saying, like, Blue, you are as good an engineer as I am. I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you master. They, they kind of mess around and have a little bit of fun, but they quickly stand up and say, these illusions are, are kind of basic, you know, dude. Look, they're already disappearing. Uh... Gold is, like, doing a cool pose as he fades away. It's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. And the monster says, well, you say that, but it looks like the one Red has got is a bit more uh, hitting harder. Yeah, so we turn to Red, and his dead family is in front of him. Like, uh, mother, father, sister, and, like, we kind of we kind of see some shots from his perspective, too. It looks like Red is kind of trapped. It's almost like he's inside a room. So it's almost as though his vision was uh, taken over, and uh, his, like, entire... His entire perception is that he's uh, inside a different location, just with his family, having lunch. And to be clear, it's his mother and father that we don't know if they're alive or dead, and it's his sister as they as they were when he was a child. And they're saying to him, Hiromu, we've done a terrible thing, putting all this burden on you. It must have been terrible as a child to be told that she had to be a soldier in order to save us and save the world. Like the, It must have been like being torn apart. It's terrible. <laughs> Cut flashbacks to the the bank robot telling him, you have to put everything into your fighting, Hiromu. This is your only option. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really was terrible. It truly was terrible. It's not fair, and you didn't have to do this anymore, Hiromu. This is your deepest wish to be able to live a normal life. Yeah. So Blue and Yellow attack the camera, and, you know, he he's actually able to hold his own. Like, you know, he's knocking him around. He's, like, hitting him with energy bursts. And they are, like, screaming at Red, so they are a little distracted, like, hey, dude, snap out of it, snap out of it, we need your help. Yeah, and but Red is just hugging his mom that he hasn't seen in over a decade. Yeah, it's, uh, it's rough, it's genuinely emotionally rough. And then as the camera is, like, sending a finishing move at uh, Blue and Yellow, as the smoke clears, we realize that uh, Red was there and blocked it. Because he did snap out of it. And he realized, fuck you, camera. You're showing me my dead family. I'm going to kill you and make it hurt. So the camera ducks behind his family and says, Hey, you got the balls to shoot through your family? And Red is like pulling up his gun. It's already in like its big bazooka mode. And he's just pointing it straight at his family. I love you. And pulls the trigger. 
<laughs> they, they disappear before he does it because the show doesn't want to make him shoot his family yet. Uh, but yeah, it, I did. Did you remember Sukin in two, Sam? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I kind of thought of that scene when, uh, when Victor is fighting the, the vampire Lord, neck Lord. And like he, neck Lord summons up like the dead sister, of Victor. It says like, Hey, I can do this. I can bring her back. And Victor sighs and says, I miss my sister every day. And then cuts her head off. <laughs> Yep, that's such a good game. Oh, Suikoden 2. If you haven't played Suikoden 2, go find Suikoden 2. Find a ROM, it's on PS1, or hey, maybe it's on the uh, PlayStation Store, PlayStation 5 Store, whatever the fuck it is now. Uh, But it's absolutely one of the best JRPGs ever. I think there are official versions to buy, but also just get a ROM, because whatever, who cares? So yeah, the family fades away, and the camera is murdered with prejudice as Red is screaming. So the exhausted engineers are all happy because they finished the job, and we have a uh, great go buster. Yeah, so uh, they the ragers they're going up the elevator to walk up the ramp and get inside the bot, and Gold kind of turns to Red and says, "Hey, I'm glad that you finally found the time or found the way to be strong." And Red says, "Nope, turns out I was weaker than I ever could have imagined." Yeah, and Gold says, "Exactly, you know." Being strong is just knowing your weaknesses and figuring out how to move past them. They finish the the super walk up into the uh, mech and they strap in and it's time for a fight. And I was it was at this point that I was super sad that this was just a one parter because man, Harry, wouldn't it have been so fucking badass if this was like the end of the episode and next episode was just like a full on fight with like two giant mechs going at it? Yeah, I mean they. The thing is, this is another, like, the the reason why the fights, like, with just Ace are so super good is because it's just one guy in a single, relatively sleek suit who can move around a lot. This, I think it's better than GoBuster O, but it's still a guy in a suit with a lot of shit strapped to him, so he can't move as much as we'd really like to, but they do good stuff with, like, angles of the motion, so, like, for short fights, it's still fun and exciting, but I think it would struggle to have things to do. Like, don't get me wrong, if I was doing a fucking Sentai show, I would have, like, a couple episodes, like, I would have an arc where there was, like, an episode that was just an entire robot fight. Yes. Yes, that's what we want. Just, like, one episode that is 100% robot fight. Give us that. You know, and we've we've had good robot fights in the show, we'll have more, but, uh, and, like, this one, it's, you know, it's short but sweet. It's, it's mostly showcasing the new mech, because they get in, it's a good-looking mech, and... They just do a single move on the camera inside, and it, it dies. Yeah, it's got, like, a giant spear thing. Mm-hmm. Which is the uh, the nose of the jet fighter that Silver flies around. Uh, they, they pop into the bubble, and, like, Enter is super shocked at this, because it's basically breaking the laws of the universe again. He is not as put out at this one as he was a few episodes ago. Because, uh, like, this, this still counts as a W for him. Like... He very much moved the ball very far down the field with this episode. Yeah, you know, he he hurt humans a lot, and he showed it to his boss, so surely his boss is going to show some gratitude for this. Yes. His performance review this year is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Also, as, uh, as the mech dives into the hyperspace field, like, Red is just, his body goes matrixy, just, like, flashing with code. And he is drained. He is feeling, like, real, real bad. 
Like, they ask him if he's okay, and he says, I'm fine, but let's make this quick. Yeah, like, I can do this for enough to finish the fight. <laughs> and uh, they they break the thing, they see the screaming skull fade in the sky. They're like, oh, that's Messiah. Yeah, Gold says, like, hey guys, that's that's Messiah, that's the big bad. Although he's not actually just a floating skull. Yeah, he, he's just the program that looks like it. And Hiromu passes out, but with the face of a very content man. Uh, well, we cut to the street and we see the survivors of the attack start to stand up saying, oh, I, I can breathe again. And that's the episode. And there was a lot of meat to chew on with that last episode. Yeah, like, it's... I think this is the, the little bit where Hiromu acknowledges, like, yeah, I, I wish I didn't have to do this, but whatever, I gotta do this, so fuck it. Uh, it was it was real good. So, like, you know, one kind of filler and one that very much moved the plot forward. And I like them both. I definitely like the second more, uh, but both were fine. I, I guess the only thing that bothers me a bit is that the it's my being picky about the powers of the camera bot, how it seems to have two entirely different things. Which is fair. Like, you know, it's although... I guess if I have a complaint there, it's that it also was able to take on yellow and blue pretty effectively before red stepped back in. Like, you're not supposed to have, like, all these utility powers and still be a physical threat. It's supposed to be one or the other. But we kind of, we skipped a little bit that it was fighting them, but not really winning. So it actually fired a bunch of attacks at red. And then yellow and blue jumped in front to shield them because he was non-responsive. I guess and that's... that was, that was kind of the thing that stopped him out. Like, the, the robot... Wasn't winning the fight, so it used the trick to make them soak up hits. Alrighty. So, Harry, that was a, that was a fun conversation, and what are we going to do until next time? Uh, we are going to keep dancing. Keep dancing as we enter the next couple episodes and find a new addition to the ranks of Vagris. Ooh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs>